If you follow the news, you know we're in the midst of a horrific spike in traffic fatalities. This year is already off to a rough start with a 23% increase quarter to quarter over last year, including the recent devastating nine-person fatal car crash in North Las Vegas. Why is this happening and what can we do moving forward? Christina Swallow is an influential civil engineer whose career has taken her from private sector to public policy to president of the American Society of Civil Engineers to her current role as director of the Nevada Department of Transportation. Buckle up and join us for some big picture talk with Director Swallow about traffic, crashes, fatalities, and what solutions are on the table and on our roads. It's Thursday, April 14th, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. I am very happy to have you here on CityCast Las Vegas, Christina. We're very, very interested in all things roads and traffic here in the Las Vegas Valley. We read about it constantly in the newspaper. It affects some of us on a very personal level. And so I'm glad to have you on to be able to kind of discuss this from your vantage point. And I think a lot of people don't realize or understand, and I'm sure you hear about it sometimes, But within Las Vegas specifically, there's a lot of different entities that are in charge of different parts of our road system. That's exactly right. And I think everybody knows if they're on I-15 that they're on an NDOT road. What people don't understand is that sometimes you might be on what you think is a local road, and it it could be ours, it could be a city road, it could be a county. And and what's important to think about is that drivers don't, don't need to know, and they really shouldn't care. It shouldn't matter who owns the road. The road should all work the same, and they should all serve the needs that we have, which is to get to where we're going safely every time. And traffic safety is really what we wanted to talk about with you today. And, you know, based on your background, your position with the state, and I'm certain your interactions on one level or another with the various municipalities, your perspective is going to be really valuable to kind of understand where we are and hopefully where we're going. So let's look at some of the most recent data. In 2021, we've had one of the deadliest years on Nevada roads in more than a decade. Statewide, we had 357 deadly crashes. There were even more deaths in 2021. And we've seen some real recent spikes, a 23% spike in traffic fatalities in Clark County so far in 2022. Why is it such a bad year for traffic crashes? I wish I could tell you why it's such a bad year. Um, we were actually on a on a fairly good trend. Um, 2019, we had lower fatalities, I, I think, every month, but for sure over the year and most of the months of 2019 than the previous year. And then 2020 came. And there's some data to show that when the roads emptied in March of 2020, um, now you have wide open pavement and bad actors. And that's all I can say, right? At some point, you, know, you have wide open pavement and people look at that and and think it's their opportunity to do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do on the roadway and shouldn't be able to do. Um, so it could be that, but the roads weren't empty for that long. Could it also possibly be behavioral changes? At the same time that the pandemic hit, we started to see a lot of other sorts of societal and civil unrest about lots of different other things. And so maybe it's related to that. But what I do know is when we look at the underlying causes of these crashes, it's speeding and impairment. 
I want to talk about another aspect. And again, I know you're not specifically, for lack of a better word, in charge of a lot of the roads that are inside Las Vegas, some and, and freeway system, et cetera. But I, I do want to tap into your perspective. Oftentimes, we hear that there are design issues. You know, we're a relatively new city compared to other cities in the country. We're also a Western city that is a real heavy car culture place. Maybe you could give me a little insight into some of the design challenges that exist within Las Vegas, just from your perspective. Design's a tough one. You know, let's let's start with what I started with when you said, well, why? And I said, we had wide open roads. You know, it's interesting when you have congested corridors, you may have crashes, but the crash outcomes are less likely to be fatal because they're lower speeds. It's more likely to be a rear end or maybe a side swipe. Um, they're not high speed crashes. So there's less likely to have a fatal outcome. Crash can still disrupt your day. Crash can still disrupt traffic. Um, but congested corridors have fewer fatalities. We in Las Vegas and in Nevada in general, because our state is is younger and the I, I, I would say the communities are younger, right? Like they've been mm -hmm. growing, but that growth, that really expansive growth occurred in the last so couple decades, right? Yeah, um, doubling every 10 years since 1974 a while. That's huge yeah. growth in a very short period of time. It's amazing how fast our communities have grown. But in an effort to make sure that our communities could grow the way they we had hoped that they would and that we had seen that they had been, we had a really good, and I'll use Las Vegas as an example, we have a really good grid network and we have some really good rules around what the roads look like on that grid. If you know if it's on a mile, it's going to be a, a pretty solid arterial. It's going to go north and south. It's going to go east and west. It's going to be long. Um, it's going to cover the valley. You, you're not going to get lost. And there's a lot of good about that and being able to make sure that you have that connectivity. At the same time, though, those roads are also generally pretty wide. Mm. They likely have a 12-foot lane. A 12-foot lane is the same size as what you might put on a freeway. Mm. So um, so you can imagine, and, and we have these conversations with our team. I'm like, if you put a 12-foot lane on a local road, can you expect the same behavior as what you might see on a freeway? But how do you, how do you balance and how do you make sure people can get to where they're going? And, and so it's not just... Well, you have to have the roads to have the cars. We also have the parking lots. And, and we've created this driver expectation that to, to get to where you're going to go, you're going to have to go far um, and you're going to have to drive. There's really no, not very many alternate ways to get to where you want to go if you want to do anything besides to and from work. But again, we weren't designed around that. We were designed around the car and, and driver expectations around the car, being able to get to where you want to go fast. And these roads are also shared with other modes of transportation, including people on bicycles, a lot of pedestrians, people waiting for public transit. You know, if, if you ever, especially in the older parts of Las Vegas and the city of Las Vegas itself, if, if you kind of look out the window and you kind of follow the line of the, the sidewalks, you see so many impediments like utility boxes and light posts and fire hydrants and even some bus stops, et cetera. And sometimes you see people in wheelchairs or with strollers or whatever going into the streets because they cannot move forward where they are. And to me, that just screams design problem. Is that part of the issue that uh, our city in the way that it developed is still dealing with? 
we are we are still dealing with all of those challenges. As you know, I'm on Twitter. So am I. <laughs> and I think the thing I tweet ab- <laughs> the thing I tweet about the most is is my bus commute, right? My walk to the bus, what I observed on the walk, what happened when I got on or off the bus, how I got there and what that felt like and whether or not there was opportunity for us to consider and to think about those choices. There's actually a term for this, the 15-minute city that you can get to what you need to get to within 15 minutes, regardless of your mode of choice, biking, walking, car, transit. It's not just getting to work or getting to school. It's getting to the grocery store. It's getting to the park. It's getting to the gym. It's getting to the church or the synagogue. It's it's all of those things and making sure that our communities are designed so that you can get to all of those things within your mode of, of, of transportation that's available for you to use. Yeah. That's a challenge. You know, earlier on, I said one of the common challenges that we all face, and and I hate to say this, is funding. And I think that when you start to talk about the challenges we face when it comes to the roadway network and how do you clear up that sidewalk realm? You mentioned all the things. Um, What did you mention? You mentioned fire hydrants. You mentioned power poles. You mentioned streetlights, sometimes bus stops. All of those require relocation. Most of those require right-of-way. There's costs involved with those, and you have to balance those costs. And the agencies, mine and others, are balancing those costs. It, it's, a, it's a complicated issue. I, I recently read something about wicked problems. I don't know if you've heard the term. It was coined, I think, in the 70s. And wicked problems? Wicked problems. And it's not it, just— it, it does sound like something out of Boston, but okay. And, correct, but that's not what it was. It was actually just coined about these problems that are very hard— um, to quantify this, this isn't exactly hard to quantify, right? People can't walk to where they want to go safely. It's it's pretty quantifiable, but it's a constant evolution. There's a lot of things in play. How do you change and manage it? But you're right. Our sidewalks are are a challenge. So looking forward, what does good traffic policy look like, given some of the challenges that you discuss and some of the aspirational goals that you're aware of? Our goal at NDOT is a transportation system that works for everyone. That's it. It works for you whether or not you're a driver. It works for you whether or not you walk or you bike or you use the bus. It works for everyone regardless of whether or not it's your choice or you or it's what you're given, right? Well, our goal is a system that works for everyone. And one of the things I'm enjoying doing with my team on a weekly basis is it's called the Director's Challenge. I don't know why we called it that, but that's what it's called. And every week I challenge them to bike, bus, walk, do something, use something other than a car for a transportation trip. Not everybody does it, but most people have contributed to the conversation at least once. And even if they haven't contributed on the, from, from their personal experience, sometimes even driving, you can see a system that doesn't work. And so what we do is we come back and we're like, what did you do? What did you see? Does, it doesn't matter if it's our road or not. How would we design it differently today? Wow. I also wanted to tie that into the original question, which is these fatalities. How can we adapt uh, a traffic policy moving forward that speaks to these traffic fatalities that we're just seeing? In I, I think we both agree, unacceptable numbers just by the, the sheer impact it has in our community. Yeah. So... I'm going to say 
there's been a couple of really high profile cases or incidents in the last couple of years. I can think of three from the top of my head. There was a crash on Rampart over 100 miles an hour. There's a crash on Rainbow. We all know that one. That was recently. The one on Rampart was, I think, two years ago. And the outcome breaks my heart. They all break my heart. And then the one um, just most recently in North Las Vegas on Commerce, those roads weren't designed for 100 miles per hour. They weren't. Um, the incidence of speeding citations of over 100 miles an hour has skyrocketed in the last three years. Over 5,000 people last year got a speeding ticket for over 100 miles an hour. That means they were caught, right? And there's not a, there's not a police officer everywhere. So we've got a problem. Yes, there are things that we can and should be doing to our system. And our team is working on trying to figure those out. Does it make sense to do 11-foot lanes? Does it make sense to do 10-foot lanes? How do you provide protection? If you're, going to provi- if you're going to provide a bicycle facility, how do you do that? But I think in the end, it's not just about how the system is designed from what you operate on and move on. It's the entire system. It's the enforcement piece and not just the enforcement officer who stands at the side and and asks for your your registration, please. It's also what happens when you enter the court system. And these things are hard, right? But the most recent incident, the one on commerce, if I recall, that gentleman had been issued a citation multiple times in the 18 months leading up to the incident. So it's, it's something where we all have to work together to really figure out how to get that safety we want on our roads. Yeah. And, you know, utilizing the carceral system, I understand it's an important piece of the, and when I say carceral system, meaning the court system and punishments, et cetera, it's a challenge. It's a challenge on many ends. Um, You know, there's lots of data about how it disproportionately affects people of lower economic status or ability, communities of color, et cetera. And so that's a big part of the conversation. I want to make sure it didn't come off that I was saying enforcement is the method. It is one of the tools. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I I can't. Okay. Yeah. All right. I wanted yeah. to make sure that, that that's clear because it is, you're right, it is fraught with its own challenges. And so it is one of the tools. It is not the only tool. Certainly there's design pieces there. Um, and you and knew it, I, you were going to get a little pushback on that from me yeah. because that's kind of an area where I live. But I fully appreciate what you're saying. You're absolutely right. So, okay. Yeah. All we're, right. We're, we're still friends on that. We're Keep still moving. good. Okay. So tell us about the Zero Fatalities Program, the Zero Fatalities Plan. We, we see this a lot. I'm just curious what it is. So I think um, the better group to talk to you about zero fatalities is going to be the Office of Traffic Safety. It falls within their space in terms of running the overall program. But what it requires is everybody deciding that we're going to work together and we're going to figure this out and we're going to accept the changes that are needed to get there. One of those is really looking at speed, not just speeding. If you were going 45 miles an hour and you have a crash with someone who's not in a car, the probability of them dying is significantly higher than if you're going 25 miles an hour. So if you really want zero fatalities, you may need to look at how do you reduce speed overall? And is that something we're willing to look at as a community? It goes back to that 15 minute city. If you live in the far Northwest Valley, but you have to be somewhere in the Southeast Valley, you're not gonna be okay with going super slow on that probably, right? So how do you make sure that those destinations are closer so that a slower speed might be more acceptable? In the 2021 session, 
Um, we made official a committee that it has existed within NDOT by federal requirements for many years, the Nevada Advisory Committee on Traffic Safety. And this so is through the, the session of the Nevada legislature is what you're referring to? Yeah, the 2021 okay. session of the Nevada legislature mm-hmm. established officially the Nevada Advisory Committee for Traffic Safety. That committee looks at all of the things that go into traffic safety. And there's actually six E's, and I'm going to find them real quick. <laughs> There's six E's of traffic safety, and we look at all of them. We added the sixth, actually, when we updated our strategic highway safety plan at the beginning of 2021, and it's the first one, equity. And we talk about equity because, as you mentioned earlier, the system impacts different people differently and different communities differently. So we need to be thinking about those impacts and the way the system works for and doesn't work for Everyone, we need to be aware of that and be thinking about equity as we develop our system. Engineering, we've talked a lot about engineering enforcement. We talked a little bit about that education, EMS, so emergency management. How fast can they get there? How fast can they get you to the hospital if you need service? How fast can they clear the crash? Because the longer the crash takes, the more likely there's going to be a secondary crash. And and then everyone, E is everyone, that it's all of our responsibilities. But within that, the zero fatality, so we've adopted a zero fatality policy or goal, the zero fatalities program itself falls within that education space and really focusing on the education. But overall, the strategic highway safety plan, which is what the Nevada acts and the acts approves and adopts every four years, and all of the strategies related to that, that is where we really work together to figure out, do we need more enforcement, different enforcement? Do we need diversion programs, different diversion programs? Do we need a different signal head? Do we need a specific type of crossing? We talk about all of those things in various groups um, that are focused on each of the specific issues. And the issues, those are the six E's of how we solve it. But the issues are things like intersections. How are intersections designed? How could we design them better? Users, all of the different types of users. How can we make sure the users are using the system appropriately and getting home safely also, right? So we, we think about all of that on the NVAX committee. Okay. So I think there's a lot of messages for people listening in on this on what they can do. Uh, There's also sort of a call for maybe some compromise or sacrifice in the way that we sort of live our lives with our cars, with the way that we get around, with the way that we develop so many different aspects to it. And I I really appreciate thoughtful people like you, Christina, being in that conversation. But I, I do have to ask, And I know that there's a little pushback from you on it being aspirational versus something we could really achieve. But I I hear in a lot of ways that the car culture of Las Vegas is a pretty intractable sort of our identity. Do you think that we can ever give it up to the extent that we we embrace it now? Do Do you think the way that we're designed as a car culture can ever really, really change? I'm always a half full. I'm always a positive person. I think about the stories. And again, I hate comparing us to international cities because we're not those international cities. I mean, we're like an international city, but we also have our own special spin on that, right? But there are examples of big cities that people love internationally that have made dramatic change just by deciding to do it. Now, they didn't quite have the same infrastructure we do. Yes, they had some older things that might have helped prop them up a little bit, but they decided that people dying, kids dying on their roads was no longer acceptable. And together they made a commitment 
to make their road safe and they've seen those safety outcomes. Whether or not they're at zero yet, they're far ahead of where we are. I'd like to think that we in Las Vegas are committed to making sure that everybody in Las Vegas gets home every single night and that we're willing to have the conversations. Will the change be easy? No. In fact, will it be harder for us for many reasons because of the fact that we experienced such rapid growth in the last just few decades? Yeah, it will be harder. Does that mean it's insurmountable or we shouldn't try? No. I 100% believe we should try. We should be committed. And I would challenge everybody out there to, to try with me. Ride the bus one day a week. Carpool. Get out. Just go for a walk. Try to walk to the grocery store. See what that's like. And is that okay? And trust me, you don't want to carry a gallon of milk for a mile. But if you don't try it, you won't have an understanding of how a significant number of the members of our community, what they experience on the road. And maybe if you try it, you might be a little more sensitive to what to the other people that are out there sharing the same space with you experience and how to make sure they get home safely every night. Hopefully no more bad news about traffic, but what do you have, Layla? Well, David, I actually have some good news for Raiders fans. The team has signed quarterback Derek Carr to a three-year contract extension to the tune of $121 million. Carr had maybe his best season last year, and now he'll be a Raider through 2025. For the next few Wednesdays, you can fight inflation in a very tasty way. Until May 4th, Krispy Kreme will be offering a dozen glazed donuts for the same price you'd pay for a gallon of gas. Even with sky-high prices at the pump, that is a great deal. I'll see you in line. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for joining us for the first of hopefully many rides with the state transportation director and others on matters affecting all who use the Valley streets. Special thanks to Rebecca Qualls for helping with this interview. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson, and our producer is Layla Muhammad. Thanks also to guest producer on our Tuesday episode, Lizzie Goldsmith. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our host is me, David Figler. Music is by OG Moose. If you're enjoying CityCast Las Vegas, help us out and tell a friend. Rate the show. Leave us a whole bunch of stars and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Be safe out there. For the next few Wednesdays, Does that sound right coming out? For the next few Wednesdays.